All right, let's take a look at Hebrews 13, verse 23. So we have been working our way through Hebrews on Sunday night, and we're at the end, but we're not yet finished. A couple of titles, I think, for this message. I've given one to skip, which is the one that you can affix to the, uh, the recording. Uh, but uh, another title would be The Prisoner Released, as we'll see in this moment here. Um, let me read Hebrews 13, 23. I'm going to start with verse 22. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Know that our brother Timothy has been set free, with whom I shall see you if he comes shortly. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen. Paul can be a very intimidating and um, example and challenge to my faith. I read about Paul. I hear what he says. I see what he does. I saw, see what he has gone through. The suffering he suffered, always strong, seems always strong, always up for the challenge. He gets beat up in this town, and he moves to the next one. He gets beat up in that town. He moves to the next one, and you think he'd go to the country for a little while. But he doesn't. He goes where the Lord leads. Um, and yes, I know there are verses in Scripture where he admits to some fear and some trepidation. And of course, he's, he's a human being like we all are. But he's quite an intimidating figure at times. And yet his words are so glorious, at times charging us up and stirring us on, and other times comforting us and giving us the hope and the relief and the knowledge and confidence of our forgiveness and the tender love and tender mercies of God in Christ. And I think a lot of people would say, well, I'll never be like Paul. But how about this man, Timothy? I think I can identify with Timothy in certain respects that I am not able to identify with the Apostle Paul. And Timothy is mentioned here at the end. And it seems that Timothy was a man known to these believers and uh, loved by, believer, by these believers. And you see it here, he says, I... I'm not going to start with verse 22 again, but verse 23, he says, know that our brother Timothy has been set free. And the usual meaning for this word, to be set free, is to be set free from imprisonment, from incarceration. It can be used in other senses, but it seems that the meaning it gives when it's used not in its literal sense, uh, gives a real push and a real uh, emphasis to where it's used other than its normal usage, which is in being set free from prison, incarceration, captivity. So it looks like Timothy has been in prison, and this is pretty much the first knowledge that we have of Timothy being in prison. We know, we know Paul was in prison. He'll, he'll say that right out in his letters. And there's some theories as to when this took place in Timothy's life and the history of Timothy in, in that early church. And also, 
uh, when, you, when, you, when he says this, know that our brother Timothy has been set free, it seems that it's conveying some degree of relief to the believers here, that they've been concerned about Timothy. And also, he says that our brother Timothy, and he doesn't, he doesn't explain who this is, so he must be a well-known figure to them, and our brother. So there's the sense of, we know who this is, he's well-known to us, he's one of us, we love him, he loves us. And it sounds like this word in verse 23 is going to be received as welcome news by these believers who I would call are beleaguered believers. Remember, the the church here and the believers here are uh, in trouble. They're weary. Um, It sounds like they're exhausted. They've been attacked and they've been persecuted and they've been tried. And especially, I think, they're Former Jews that were friends, relatives, and family are still hammering on them that Jesus could not possibly be Messiah. And at that time, they're using the scriptures, and those scriptures would have been what we call the Old Testament. And so these are beleaguered believers, and they need encouragement. Here's some good news. Here's some really good news. Uh, Take a look at verse uh, 18. The writer says, pray for us, and we don't know who exactly precisely is the writer here. There are theories, but um, I haven't really been satisfied with any of them except that maybe it's Apollos. But uh, verse 18, pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things, desiring to live honorably. But, here it is, I especially urge you to do this, to pray for us, that I may be restored to you the sooner. And then he comes to this, he says, guess what? Our brother, Timothy, he's been set free. And both of us are going to try and come to you shortly if God makes it possible. It's kind of the way he's, he's talking here. But Timothy, um, if you were to do a word search in the New Testament of Timothy, there's only one Timothy. You know, some names that you look at in the New Testament will have several different persons with that name. But not Timothy. Timothy is the same person every time uh, his name shows up in the scriptures. So this must most likely be the Timothy, who also happens to be Paul's companion and assistant. So what I'd like to do tonight is I'd like to take a little look at Timothy, uh, a biographical sketch of Timothy. Acts chapter 16 is a good starting point for us. Acts chapter 16. Now, it looks like Paul knew who Timothy was, and it was Paul who decided he wanted Timothy to join him as he went about in his uh, evangelistic uh, endeavors. So, Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. So he has a good reputation with the people of God. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. So I'm not going to talk about all that's going on in these verses because they hold a lot, but they were charged with the responsibility to take 
the results of a decision made in Acts 15. There was a huge council of all the leaders of the churches in Jerusalem talking about what do we do? All these Gentiles are coming to faith in Christ and we are realizing that God is saving all kinds of people, not just Jews. And so they made a decision about how Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus can function together, fellowship together. So they're going about to deliver these decrees. They're called the apostolic decrees. Um, but Paul knows about Timothy, and he chooses Timothy to take him and go with him. And I wonder what Timothy thought at that moment. Paul, he's the greatest. Everybody knows who Paul is, and everybody knew Paul's conversion story. What a mighty testimony of that was. He's running around uh, trying to destroy Christianity and arrest Christians, put them on trial, even get them killed. And now he's one of the great champions of the faith. And I don't think Timothy knew what he was getting into. When he was, wow, you want me? Me? All right. You know, anything for the Lord. And then down the road, it gets, can get pretty scary when you're following Paul somewhere. Because Paul does not seem to be afraid of certain things that the average person is going to stop and say, no, wait a minute, let's think about this. But in he goes. So... Here he is, he's called by Paul to follow him around when he goes to his different places. And let's take a look at a couple places where we find Timothy mentioned. Romans chapter 16. So Paul wanted to go to visit the church in Rome. And situations and circumstances prevented him, so he sends a letter. And how God uses historical circumstances to do what we need him to do, and that is to give us the full exposition of the gospel in Romans. So we have the four gospels, which is Jesus, and then we have Acts, which is the resurrected Jesus Christ ruling from heavenly glory at the right hand of God, sends his Holy Spirit, and the church begins to break out from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. And then Romans is, here's what the gospel is. The fullest exposition of we, that we have in the, in the Bible of the gospel itself, and especially there in the first uh, nine chapters, or first eight chapters, and then uh, what's going on between the Jews, uh, Israel, and the coming of Jesus, chapters 9 to 11, and that very practical application of the gospel, chapters 12 to 16. Paul gets to the end of chapter 16, and we meet or hear of Timothy once again. Chapter 16, verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my countrymen, greet you. So notice how he, how he describes Timothy, my fellow worker, my partner, who's working with me in the gospel. Or how about Philemon, the little, little letter of Philemon that shows up right before Hebrews, Philemon. One time I heard somebody, and I guess he was, had not been a Christian, or I'm not even sure yet he really was a Christian at the time, and we were in a Bible study, and he, he, he said Philemon when he, when he said Philemon. And I always want to say that ever since that time. So it's been 20, 25 years. Every time it comes to Philemon, because it sounds more authentic. But anyhow, most of us say Philemon. And Timothy, once again, is mentioned here. Look at verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. He doesn't say Timothy is a prisoner. 
but it's intriguing. But notice, again, Paul and Timothy are together. If you look at Philippians chapter 1, we won't turn there, but you'll notice again, Paul and Timothy are together. Now, Paul also seems to have depended upon Timothy as a troubleshooter. If there were problems somewhere, he would send Timothy. He also was simply uh, a messenger. If Paul needed something to, be, to find out something, you know, they didn't have smartphones, they didn't have telephones, and, and sometimes it wasn't enough just to, just to wait for a letter. You would send a person and say, I want you to go there and find out and then come back and report it. And we'll see that he did that for Paul as well. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4.17. So we're, we're looking at different places. We won't be able to see everywhere Timothy shows up, but I think uh, we'll learn quite a bit in what we do see. But imagine being in the Bible the Holy Bible as a companion of Paul. <laughs> what, a great, uh, what a great identity. All right, now here's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and now he's, uh, he's mentioned here in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, which was a very troublesome, problematic church. Verse 17. Uh, verse, six, uh, verse 17. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. And here there seems to be an indication that it was through Paul's efforts, Paul's evangelism, that Timothy actually became a believer because he calls him my son in the faith. And look what he says. He says, I, I'm, I'm, for this reason I want to send Timothy to you um, because there's problems there and I want to send Timothy to you to help you deal with your problems. And he says, uh, um, he is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. There's that great relationship that they had, that very close personal relationship. And he says, he will remind you of my ways in Christ. So Timothy has been imitating the Apostle Paul. And if you look at the verse right before that, verse 16, there it is. Therefore, I urge you, Corinthians, imitate me. And Paul has said, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So there's problems in the church at Corinth. Timothy is a man who's, who's been following Paul, learning from Paul, imitating Paul, becoming like Christ. And he's the right man to send to the Corinthians who need this kind of help. And then a little bit later on, chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, take a look. Chapter 16, last chapter. And he's mentioned here again. 16 verse 10. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as I also do. See? Paul's saying, I do the work of the Lord, which you know, and so does my brother Timothy, your brother Timothy, and that's why I'm sending him to you. Therefore, let no one despise him. And partly here, I think, uh, the reason for saying this is, as it says in another place, in what is it, First Timothy? that Timothy should not allow others to um, manhandle him, so to speak, because he was young. And that may be what's behind here in this even earlier letter. And they said, but send him on his journey in peace that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. So again, when Timothy's finished in Corinth, provide him the means to come back to me. And that would not all be a certain, a certain thing, because the Corinthians were 
stubborn. Uh, they were troublesome. Um, they didn't always listen to good advice, wisdom, counsel, and they didn't always think that what Paul was saying was the, the word of the Lord. So Timothy had a tough road to hoe when he went there. Also, um, Philippians chapter 2. There's a job for him to do in Philippi. Philippians chapter 2. Now, Philippi was not really a troublesome church. In fact, it was the least troublesome church um, that Paul wrote to when you compare what's going on in the other churches he wrote to. And the Philippians loved Paul, and Paul loved the Philippians, and they were very grateful to him and helped him out when he was in prison. So look at what he says in Philippians 2, verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus, says Paul, to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. See that? Timothy is so... Um, godly and faithful and so one with Paul in the ministry. He says, I don't have anybody else who's quite the same, has the same kind of mind as I do. Now, this, this is the idea of being in agreement, being together in harmony. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me, but I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. So Paul says, I'm going to send Timothy because I want to be sure you're okay. And I'll send him, he'll be with you, he'll find out, and then he can come back to me. He says, but right now, I need him here. But if I can get to that place where I don't need him here, I'll send him. So there again, you see how important Timothy is to Paul as somebody goes out on mission, but as somebody who stays with Paul and assists Paul. A true partnership there between these two men. I, I think of them as soulmates when I read these verses, soulmates. And another important one is 1 Thessalonians 3. And this, this is really, to me, very enjoyable and satisfying and enlightening because I, I've never done this before, looking at Timothy and his relationship to Paul. And I feel that just scratching the surface here, but it's a good way to to start out at least scratch some of the surface and see what's going on. But 1 Timothy 3, look at what he says here in verse 1. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we were appointed to this. So you see what's going on. They heard about uh, the Thessalonians got a shock when they found out what was going on with Paul. And news, uh, word came to them, boy, the Thessalonians are really concerned about you, really shook up about you. So we'll send Timothy and he'll go there and help settle them and get them to the place where we're okay. You know, this is, this is what God appoints for us. And Timothy's going to let you know that. Uh, and then he'll come back and give the news about the Thessalonians to him. So verse 4, for in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation, just as it happened. And you know, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. But look at this. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. 
For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. So Timothy went out on his mission. He accomplished his mission, came back, and Paul says, you know, I couldn't stand it not knowing how you were doing. And now Timothy's brought back the report, and we rejoice that you're standing faithful in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see Paul's heart there as well, as how strong that relationship and that trust that Paul had in Timothy. If I send this man, he's going to do the work. He's going to do the job, and he's going to be faithful. Um, and then in 1 Timothy chapter 1, um, Paul had sent Timothy to Ephesus, and there was trouble in Ephesus, and he sent Paul there. So look at what he says in 1 Timothy 1, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope, not to a church now, but to Timothy, a person. He writes to Timothy, and he calls him a true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. So there's a church that's having disputes. They're having some fights over things that um, are heresies and false teachings and having trouble distinguishing the true uh, doctrines of the gospel from, from false ones. And he sends, sends Timothy there, to, or keeps Timothy there. Paul had to go on somewhere else. But imagine that, you know, Paul's probably saying, I don't really want to leave at this point in time. This is so critical. Um, I see trouble here in Ephesus, because if you look at Acts chapter 20 and read the end of Acts chapter 20, Paul tells the Ephesian elders that there's going to be trouble there and there's going to be savage wolves that come in among them. And this may very well be some of the beginnings of that. And Paul's saying, I'm going to leave Timothy here. So again, Timothy, the man of the hour, a faithful man, a true yoke fellow with the Apostle Paul. So one thing we can say about Timothy, more than that he was really close with Paul or that he was very reliable, we could say that Timothy was a very busy man. <laughs> Let me give you a few more. We won't look up these verses for the sake of time. <clears throat> I'm just going to read these to you. Acts 17, 14, and 15. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea because there was trouble. So Paul, you got to get out of here or they're going to kill you. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. So they get Paul over to Athens and then Paul says, now you, you go back and tell Timothy, get him over here. I don't like being uh, without Timothy. And then in Acts 18, 5, again, I'm just reading it to you. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. And this great ministry, uh, God blows the door open for the gospel there. And then Acts 19, 22. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a time. So now he sends them to another place. And 20 verse, chapter 20, verse 4. And so Peter of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Derby and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. So had a whole, a whole band of evangelists that were together to go forth preaching the gospel. And Timothy is right there among them. And then 2 Corinthians 1.19, he says, 
For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. And guess what? You find out here, Timothy was a preacher. He preached the gospel. He preached and he taught the word of God. So you can imagine there probably were places they would go, and Timothy, you go over there and preach, and um, Silvanus, you go over there, or, or whoever would be with them, these other men. And then there might have been places where the gospel was saving so many people that they would put a group of people over here and Timothy would evangelize or disciple them and one of the other guys here and there. So very busy. So, but Timothy was a preacher. And then when you see in, in Timothy where he says, preach the word to Timothy, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine. He's saying, Timothy, keep preaching. Don't give up. Keep preaching. And... Uh, I, I know we already looked at this one, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it. It's Philippians 2.19. Paul says, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Now, as we draw to a conclusion, look at uh, 2 Timothy where I read. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to point out the very special and cherished relationship Timothy and Paul had. Paul's nearing the end of his life. So let's read this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 9. Be diligent, he's writing to Timothy, be diligent, tell Timothy, to come to me quickly. Look at those two words, diligent, quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Crescens for Galatia. Don't have any reason why Crescens did that. Titus for Dalmatia. Now, Titus was a good man, so probably they just had to go and uh, they couldn't stay with Paul. Only Luke is with me. Hmm, how about that Luke? He says to Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Now remember, Mark is the brother they had a big fight over. Was it Paul and Barnabas? Had a big fight, or was it Paul and Silas? But they had a big fight over Mark, and Paul went off, and uh, whoever it was, Barnabas or Silas, went the other way. And then later on, we find that they reunited, and here's one of the places we know they did. And Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus, and then he says, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come. It's getting chilly. And the books, especially the parchments. Maybe he's reading some of the Word of God or writing some of the Word of God again there, finishing up. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, so he still has been suffering. And even at the hands of those uh, that maybe were faking friendliness to the gospel. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You, Timothy, also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. Sounds like what Jesus said, if they hated you, they're going to hate me too. Timothy, if Alexander did this to me, you've got to watch out. He's going to be gunning for you as well. Then verse 16, listen to the um, heartbreaking statement here. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. Hmm. Think, how could that be? It must have been such a scary moment. And, there, and I'm wondering, too, if there were uh, a lot of heretical ideas going on and confusion about what the true gospel was that Paul's dealing with and everybody 
uncertain, confused, perplexed, I don't know what I believe, boom, gone. You would still think, this is Paul. I'm going to stand right here with Paul. We know he's a tried and tested and true servant of God, but no, boom, gone. May it not be charged against them, he says. Then he says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then he says, Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesephorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I have left in Miletus sick. Look at this. Do your utmost to come before winter. (laughs) Remember verse 9? Be diligent to come to me quickly. Verse 21, do your utmost to come before winter. And don't forget that cloak. <laughs> it's getting chilly. Eubulus greets you as well as Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. As tough as Paul was, as strong in the Lord as he was, like all of us, he needed a friend. He needed a faithful partner. He needed a fellow man of God to be there with him and for him. And he knew Timothy was that man. So he writes and says, please come quickly. Now don't delay. I need you. And God would provide him with such a man throughout his life. So what was Timothy like? He was a faithful man. He was a good man. He followed Jesus Christ. He was a very busy man. But you know what? Timothy was a great man, but he was a man like you and me. He was mortal. Um, He was a man with a similar nature to yours and to mine. Look at 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This and a couple other places give us some insight that Timothy was flesh and blood. He was a man like us. He had his fears. He had his concerns. He had his questions. He had his perplexity. And Paul wants to assure him in the second letter, remember Timothy. And right before this, he says, he says here in, um, uh, just really a good idea to look at verse three on because It seems like he's encouraging and strengthening Timothy and and helping him face the trials and the tribulations that Timothy was facing there. He says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you, Timothy, in my prayers, night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Apparently the last time they went their separate ways, there was crying. He says... When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. See that? He's he's encouraging him. Maybe sometimes Timothy thought, hmm, do I'm really a believer? Do I really have strong faith? Am I really 100% for the Lord? Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For... God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. 
So what makes you nervous as a Christian? What makes you fearful and anxious? I mean, what would happen if somebody in the middle of a meeting said, hey, brother so-and-so, could you stand up and pray for us tonight? You go, oh, not me. Or somebody walked up to you and said, we are wondering if you teach this class or some other charge or responsibility. Are you afraid of taking on a job in the church in case you might let everybody down? Do you consider yourself to be too lowly to be of much service to anybody, much, anybody, much less Jesus? But this means you and I have to remember Timothy. Timothy had his moments of nervousness and anxiety, apparently. And this verse is not just for Timothy, but it's for you and for me. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Your greatness and ability comes from God's greatness and ability. Paul's greatness and ability came from God's greatness and ability. Timothy's greatness and ability came from God's greatness and ability. And it's the same for every believer that ever has come to Christ. Just like it says in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6.10. I think that's a tremendous lesson we can take from both Paul, the great Paul, I could never be that great, and Timothy. Well, wait a minute, Timothy. Hmm. I can relate to him maybe a little bit more than Paul. But don't downplay Paul and upplay Timothy in the sense that you get an excuse for not being the man or woman God wants you to be because our greatness and our ability comes from God's greatness and ability because we're not only saved by grace, but we're enabled by grace to carry out the Lord's will in his way. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, take these words that we've been reading and talking about learning and the examples of Paul who says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ, and as Timothy who was a faithful imitation of Paul and therefore of Christ. And may we not lose heart, but may we take up the cause and respond to the challenge and be the men and women you want us to be. Lord, help us to be strong and help us, Lord, to walk in the power that you've given us, the power of love and the power of a sound, sound mind. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.